0: His name was Jem, and he was a thief. With stealth and in utter silence, he slipped down the darkened hallway to the door he sought. Gently, he brought the specially etched glove from his shirt and laid it palm-flat against the lock plate. The door sighed gustily as it opened, and Jem crouched, ears straining to catch the slightest hint of unrest from the household slumbering about him. Silence in all parts of the house. The telltale on his wrist showed no surge of energy as from the triggering of a remote alarm. The room itself was dark, slightly cool, and smelling of must. Jem slid the infraglasses down over his eyes and stepped inside. His information from here forward was nerve-wrackingly vague, so he went slowly, alert to the possibility of pressure-sensitive tiles, sending the tiny electronic spiders ahead of him, step by cautious step, until he was at the case itself and never an alarm had been raised. A less wary man, or a thief yet short of mastering the craft, might have grinned his triumph here and laid his hands upon the case. Jem hunkered down before it, adjusted the lenses to maximize detail, and began a painstaking study of the frame and the shatterproof crystal, while the little spiders perched on his shoulders and clung to his hair. Close scrutiny revealed no tripwires or alarm grids. Readout from his wrist was uncompromisingly flat. Jem frowned and sat back on his heels, mindful of the passing of time. Mindful, too, of the value of the object within the case, which none but a moonling would allow to sit all unguarded except for the laughable outside intruder net. Mordra L. Thaman was no moonling, despite that Jem was even now well within her house, with neither her invitation nor her permission. He stared at the case, and that which was within the case felt the skittering of spider-claws at his nape and frustration in his heart. The case was not booby-trapped, unless the trap was so sophisticated that the very advanced equipment he carried on his person detected no hint. Jem stood up and lifted the lid, carefully locked it in the raised position, and was still, barely breathing, ears strained to the ultimate, eyes on the tell-tale. All was quiet in the house— The readout showed not even the tiniest spike of energy that might be a cry of warning to the police. He bent his attention to the object of his desire minutely and found no webs of light or wire indicating that it was itself a trap. He sent a spider to perch on the rosette rim— It glided down the gilded, arching side to the floor of the case and discovered no pressure plate there. The same spider clambered back up to the lip of the urn and slipped down inside, suspended by a line of synthetic silk. Its tiny, half-chip brain sent impressions to the telltale, which refined them for the man's understanding.' There was something within the urn, but not yet the alarm he had begun to hope for. Instead, his instruments showed something organic, unalive, uncontagious. Jem called the spider home, barely noticing as it climbed across his hand and took a firm grip on his sleeve. No alarms. None. Unbelievable. Unbelieving, Jem extended a plas-gloved hand and curled his fingers around the urn's neck. Revulsion erupted within him, revulsion and a fear so consummate that his heart beat, spiked, sweat beating his face, sheathing his body, his bladder threatened to fail, and he shook so hard that three of the spiders fell from their perches to the floor and scrambled to ascend his trousers.